Welcome back to Remember to Floss. Yes. I'm Rita. This is Brandon. I'm Brandon. You, Brandon. That's what you told me. That's what I. This episode's coming up a little late this week, or we're putting it up a little late. Sorry about that. We just have a lot of stuff going on this past weekend, but we're determined to put one up at least every week. And then. We don't feel like you love us. We haven't heard from you in weeks. So I figured out why. Trying to get these people. <laughs> Come on. Okay, so I um, last or two weeks ago, uh, the Wonder Jam, which is a local um, company that's based out of based out of Grandview. This husband and wife runs like a really cool space that does a lot of really cool workshops. They do a lot of freelance photography. They do a lot of branding for local small businesses. They launched a branding. Um, workshop or i guess like a branding class mm-hmm. online and it was it's like it was it was i think ten dollars i can't remember how much it was but it was not expensive at all for the kind of stuff that you learn for you know for a small business to learn the business of branding branding yourself um anyways the email that i used for that um was hi at remember com, and i like was trying to log back in a couple of days ago and I couldn't log back in. And so I emailed Adam and Allie um, from the Wonder Jam and they're like, oh yeah, well, you know, email me from that, that email address you use and then we'll see what happens. So I did. And then Adam replied, it's giving me an error bounce back message. Uh Oh, so I was like, well, that's really weird. You never told me about this. Yeah, so come to find out, I never properly set up that email address. <laughs> so Uber fail. Wow. Yeah. So, so people I just, were talking to us, bro. Maybe I don't know, but yeah. So, anyways, um, I actually, space. I I actually just finally properly set up the email address today. So yeah. it's supposed to go into effect in the next twenty four forty eight hours. But uh, the course that I'm talking about, I'll put up on the pod uh, note page. Um, it is, it's pretty cool. Like so far I've, I've only looked at the intro and I've looked at one or two of the court or one, one, one or two of the chapters that they have. Mm-hmm. And it's been really interesting. So, um, you guys should totally check it out. Um, I think you pay one time and you'll always have access to it and you'll have access even when they continue to update for new material and stuff like that, which I think is really cool. So yeah. shout out to, the Wonder Jam, where you can follow them on Instagram. It's at the Wonder Jam, um, and they're pretty awesome. Have you already done any of the the course stuff, or no? I've done one or two of them, so um, I can't remember because I did it like a week and a half ago, mm-hmm. and I think one of them was like, you know, what do you think your strengths are as a business? How can you um, capitalize that on that strength, and so on and so forth. So that's really interesting because it makes you think about that stuff. And maybe you do think about it, but you never actually really write that stuff down. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really that's really interesting, especially because this is this is a brand new business for us, and it'll be really interesting to know what our strengths are and how can we capitalize on that stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So I'm in, I'm <laughs> hoping that I'll get that email shit figured out so that I can log back in. Um, so you skate for now, people. Right, right. But when that thing's I'm, I'm, fixed, we better be seeing those emails just <laughs> I'm going to try and email myself at hi at rembertofloss.com. We do also have another Gmail account that does accept mail because I keep getting junk mail from Twitter. It's rembertofflossblog at gmail.com if you guys have any comments or thoughts or, you know, so on and so forth. Words of encouragement. Words of wisdom. Wisdom. Yeah. Um, Brandon, how is your week going at... Well, we, I guess you have to say, like, how was your week last week and how is your week going so far? Uh, you know, we're, we're maintaining. Yeah. We're, we're doing things. Um, uh, I want to talk this week, though, about encouragement of your significant other. Oh, man. Because I, I, I think uh, that's really relevant uh, to definitely this podcast. And I definitely think that it's relevant to um, the uh, 
you know, we, we had a really good conversation with this week's host. Uh, or This week's this, guest, you mean? <laughs> this week's guest, excuse me. Uh, Hafsa. And, uh, yeah, we have Hafsa Khan, um, that the interview this week. She is a really cool chick that does some really sweet art and also works for uh, a local congressman. The, the, the cool thing about that is that she also, well, I guess, I mean, it's an interesting perspective considering that she is a an immigrant herself yes, and in the yeah. current political climate that we're in it's really interesting to hear from somebody who works from within the system um to see how all that works and and how can we help and how can we make for a better place uh for people to live in and but also talk about her artwork so i think it'll be i hope you guys enjoy that one because i really enjoyed ca- talking to her yeah it's super important to have uh, as we kind of talk about in the interview too uh super important to have um, that kind of perspective right now, especially when, uh, you know, things seem to be, uh, going in a direction where people who are coming from countries are going to maybe not be able to get in, uh, yeah. coming up sh- mm-hmm. very soon, just depending mm-hmm. on how things go with that whole situation, yeah. uh, as far as the travel restrictions or however no, we you, like to call it a travel ban because or, or a muslim ban or whatever you whatever you know whatever however they want to spin that one but phrase. you know neither here nor there right now absolutely but. not so but it, it's great to have that perspective because sure. uh, i feel that perspective is in general it's a lot harder to look at people and look at people's families um and look at how negatively that kind of um legislation breaks down people's families uh, and look at them in the face and and enact those kind of actions so when you have someone who's working within that system that absolutely helps to uh, put a face on that because they have to see that person every single day when they wake up uh, and go into that job so and not only that but you have somebody who can speak from that perspective and Mm -hmm. speak to those stories and those stories aren't getting lost in translation, mm-hmm. which can often happen with yeah. representation. So for sure, yeah. I think that I think that's really really important. So I'm I'm really, I'm we're very grateful that she came on the pod to talk to us and and kind of shed some light on how and how all that stuff works and and definitely just giving some kind of perspective. Um, from where from where she is yeah but long long story short i mean the the reason why uh, i brought that up is so during that conversation uh we she brought up a good point i don't know if it's in the interview or not actually i don't think it is it it may have been after the can the Mm. uh, cameras the microphones Mm. cut um but she had a great point of so you know as you guys hear on this podcast uh rita and i have a, a witty repartee sometimes and but we, we most importantly in our relationship, we support each other. And um, she asked me how I'm supporting Rita and, uh, you know, her thoughts on the, the travel ban. Rita's no, family being, is how, being vocal. Yeah. I think that was the question. Yeah. And, and as for, being a vocal woman. For me, I kind of sat there because uh, I, I don't even know how to not support my wife, I, I would say. And for mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. Um, like, that's the whole point of marriage. Like, why would I not support anything that Rita has to say? Why would I not support her sticking up for something she believes in? We may even differ, but we're going to have that conversation behind closed doors. You wouldn't you wouldn't know that we differ on that position. Right. right. And I think it's not just marriage. I think it's just relationships in general. I think it's so important, again, in this day and age where we live in a really interesting time where people are very vocal about their positions and and their thoughts on things and and that can cause you know rifts in families rifts with between friends and and even but in marriages and and i think they're you know and this goes back to like a couple of weeks ago we talked about being bullies in social media and sometimes on social media those are just your friends and sorry i will bring it back to to like relationship but it's still it's still like you don't have to support it yeah. But you have to at least hear it out. Respect it. You have to respect somebody's position. Yeah. And it, you may not agree with them at all. And that's fine. That's fine. Because I don't agree with a lot of things that I hear people say about, you know, stuff that's going on right now. And that's fine. I don't, I'm, I'm trying really, really hard to not get involved in arguments like that because it just doesn't get me anywhere. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to change anybody's mind. 
I think that's the most important thing to remember is that you having an argument with somebody, whether on social media or sometimes even in person, depending on who you're talking to, mm -hmm. it doesn't really change anybody's mind. Sometimes I feel like people are so, in, right, especially right now, I feel like people are so ingrained in their, in their ways position. Yeah. that they're, they're like, you in. know what, you know, fuck you, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. No, but seriously, no, though, like real, there's, man. it's, it's. It's scary and, you know, people are like, well, we have to have face-to-face -face conversations, which I do agree. Yeah. But sometimes that face-to-face -face conversation needs to be, you lay out the facts and that's that. You can't, you can't walk into that room hoping to change somebody's mind. You can only walk into that room bringing in facts and saying, this is, this is why I don't agree with X, Y, and Z. And the person can say, well, this is why I agree on that. And you got to know when to kind of leave your emotions at the door, but Going and so that kind of ties back into how Brandon and I support each other is that we may disagree on things, or but approaches or our approaches or a lot of things like we disagree. Like the, the here's what I'll say: like we may not agree on music, we may not agree on uh, television shows, we may not agree on books, but that what the baseline for our relationship is is understanding mm -hmm. and a willingness to have dialogue obviously because we're in front of mics right now having dialogue <laughs> but, right. but but also you know just like we talk through things like that Kanye argument that we had mm, yeah uh, last times. last week um I mean it's the same same deal we we try to discuss our positions and we try to i wouldn't say change each other's mind but we no. give our, our position on it if and you can give somebody else something to think about i think that's a, a definite bonus yeah i mean if you care about people you don't have to be a hundred percent with them in order to love them and support them as as a human being in terms right. of the way that they want to approach stuff um and for a relationship uh, I'm talking friendship. I'm talking marriage, especially though it's mm -hmm. all about, you know, communication. You hear that being to death, but I mean, it's about support too. Like, you know, w right now we're going through personally, Rita and I are going through, um, you know, situations where uh, we aren't happy in certain areas of our life and, and they're not the same areas. And we're both just kind of trying to figure things out and yeah. get our life to a place where we're both, can be can look at our lives and be uh, it's like happy. Advan advanced yeah. adulting yeah no it's it's super complicated because it really is and we'll definitely care. we'll definitely we will definitely have a podcast dedicated to that because i think it's important that we're we, still working through it yeah we're still i mean <laughs> and i think we'll always be working through it because yeah. that's just a part of being who we are, we're complex beings and, and we always, we will always have shit that we're going to be working through. And I think the first step, the first step to, to, to working through it is just admitting that you have a problem and, mm -hmm. or you, you're, you're concerned about something within your life. So anyways, um, we'll definitely have a podcast specifically for that. I mean, this is called remember to floss and other adventures in adulting. And that's definitely one of the adventures we're going through right now is, is really kind of working through our own personal problems within within a relationship. So that's that's going to be a really interesting one, I think. Personal growth, but then trying to also make sure that you're not growing away from that person. Yeah. That's super yeah. complex. That's like a hat trick in terms of yeah. relationships, man. Lots of lots of uncomfortable conversations and yeah. yeah. Not, like not, fun. not but, fun. But by the end of, at, at the end of the day, I say all that to say um uh, you know, I support Rita in anything she does, and and I know that Rita supports me, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. you know that's and I support all my friends because I love them very much, and you know I know that they support me. So yeah. that's that's just how it is around these parts, I would say. Yeah, I uh, so last weekend, um, on so from Friday sundown to Saturday sundown was National Unplugging Day. And I had made a big stink about it on Instagram on one of, one of my Instagram stories that I was going to do it. Like, uh -huh. you basically had to unplug completely. You made completely. a big stink about unplugging on an Instagram story? Yeah, like days before. Thanks. Jeez. I'm just joking. Stop picking on me. I'm not picking. Whatever. Anyways, um, I was totally adamant on unplugging myself. And I have to be honest, that didn't happen 100%. There were a couple of hours in the day 
every couple of hours I would check my phone. And there, I mean, I did leave my phone at home when we went out to dinner. I didn't check it as, as often as I did, as I normally do. And it's, it is really, really hard not to check your phone. It's such a challenge. And even when I'm not on my phone, I happen to be on my laptop, whether I'm like fixing the website or trying to add more people to the Remember to Floss page, you're still not unplugged. And then you're like, well, I'll just watch some TV. You're still not unplugged. So there's all these different things that I wanted to accomplish last weekend and I didn't get to do. And I'm not even going to make excuses for it. But we, I think Brandon and I, and that's kind of the challenge that we talked about earlier, like at the very beginning of this podcast, uh, five, six, eight weeks ago at this point, that we were going to try and unplug at least a couple of hours a week. Mm-hmm. And that that hasn't happened. And it's it's frustrating because I want to so much. Like, I want to read more books. I want to spend more time with my husband and have a conversation instead of like... That's me. Yeah, that's you. Um, <laughs> instead of like looking at my phone mm-hmm. all the time. And it's it's... I didn't realize it, but it is so much harder than I thought it was going to be. So I think, I don't know, Brandon, like I think we both need to make a commitment to like unplug for at least like two hours over the weekend. And that's like the least amount. That's pretty bare minimum. That's bare minimum. And, and I think that we need to then continue like, okay, so two weeks, two hours this weekend, maybe we'll make it three hours next weekend. Cause I think it is important. And I think people... You know, I was at the gym yesterday, the first time in a really long time. And as I looked around the gym, I mostly saw people on their phone. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. And I mean, I know you're probably looking up some workout or something like that. But like, I don't know, man. I just felt like it was a waste of time. So, I don't know. I Were they sweating and looking at their phone? Because then maybe they were looking up stuff. If if. They were. I have no. I'm, I wasn't just, looking that hard. They were looking at Instagram. Probably. I, was, I, did, I was not looking that hard. So, yeah. anyways, enjoy our interview with Hafsa. Um, obviously, she's on Instagram. It's half and half. That's H A F and half, I believe. I believe so. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. I need to actually follow her because I don't think I do right now. Ew. I'm sorry, Hafsa. Check out her artwork and enjoy the interview. Okay, so remember to floss this. This time we have a really fun guest in the studio. I mean, we've had some really fun ones, but this one especially, she'll bring a really interesting perspective. Um, we have Hafsa Khan in the studio. What's up, girl? Hey. All right, so we wanted to bring you in because you have a really interesting job right now. At least to me, I think it's super interesting. You work for the U.S. government, and you're fairly young, so I wanted to get your idea to get your story as to how you got started, Mm -hmm. why you decided you wanted to do this. Mm -hmm. And also, um, for those of you who don't know, Hafsa also does really great art. So let's start Mm -hmm. with the first question. Why did you decide to go into government? Yeah, so um, when I started school at Ohio State, I went to Ohio State, I graduated um, in 2014, and I studied international relations and Mm -hmm. foreign diplomacy and Arabic. So, um, and I accidentally minored in Middle Eastern studies. It was like one of those stories <laughs> where <laughs> all the classes and they're like, yeah, you have exactly. A minor in that. Exactly. I just walked into my advisor's office and they're like, oh, you have a minor in Middle Eastern studies. I was like, okay, Great. I'll do it. Whatever you say. Yes. Yeah. So I took it and I rolled with it. And I, um, so when I was at OSU, I did a variety of internships. At some point I was going to school full-time, uh-huh. working part-time, and had two internships. Oh, so gosh. I was, like, crazy about, like, what I was into. So I was definitely mm-hmm. into, like, just working in an international sphere. So, mm-hmm. like, I never knew that I would ever end up in U.S. politics. Mm-hmm. So um, I think um, when I was in my junior year mm-hmm. of college, I decided to take up this internship with the U.S. Senator's office, mm-hmm. um, and I really loved it. I think I really enjoyed the aspect of like serving people mm-hmm. specifically, because if you don't know, a lot of senators' offices, they have some district offices, especially if they're U.S. senators, they have mm-hmm. district offices. Um, 
And then they have a DC office. Mm -hmm. So the district offices focus on casework that's for people like one-on-one. So it's constituent services. So if you're ever having an issue with a federal agency, Mm -hmm. whether it's like Veterans Affairs, Immigration, Social Security, um, you can contact your U.S. Senator. So I didn't know that. I didn't know that until I got there. Okay. So I got there and I was like, I'm talking to a lot of people who have real-life issues with real-life federal agencies and Mm -hmm. they, they need help. And they don't know that we have these services that can often help them. So I really like that people person aspect of it because you never thought that you'd be talking to just real ass people like right. around, the, around the country right 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 um so i interned there i graduated i was still working at osu i worked in the arabic department and i got a call and they're like we're looking for a full-time mem- person for the for columbus office i was mm-hmm. like well hell yeah i'm here yeah, yeah i'll <laughs> so, do it yeah. so i've been doing that for two years now and um it's been great it's been a lot of challenges since the new administration has taken place I'm when sure. you work for a democrat um, but it's been, it's been really rewarding at the same time. That's awesome. You hear a lot of stories that you wouldn't normally hear from a lot of people. Um, so um, can I ask what yeah. specifically you do for the office? Yeah. So I am the staff assistant, which basically encompasses everything. So I run the internship program number one. Oh so my gosh. I, yeah. So like I work <laughs> with a lot of students. I work with a lot of students that go to different central Ohio schools and, okay. um, I've mainly focused on like, um, immigration and like refugee services those are things that i'm passionate about so mm-hmm. we do a little bit of outreach i work with some minorities we handle the casework from around the entire state so wow it's people that just need any sort of assistance with a federal agency that you can imagine so mm-hmm. um it's really rewarding it's really rewarding to be able to see that you know somebody calls your office and they're having an issue um like with their home being foreclosed or they need a visa expedited for like a sick grandparent and you mm-hmm. can follow that case from from, from beginning, beginning to, to end. end and see wow. where it ends up. Yeah, and people don't know that you can do that, you know? Um, people no think that... Go- yeah, exactly. Pretty much. Right, people don't know that your um, elected officials' offices are here to help you in any sort of manner. Yeah. And people don't think that... A lot of people that call us are on their last limbs and they don't really know where to go. Yeah. And um, they don't know that we're here to offer, those assistance, offer that assistance, you know? Do you ever find yourself... Um, Especially right now, yeah. like after the new administration started, mm-hmm. have you seen the increase in phone calls to your office? Oh, for sure. And I don't, I don't think that people really understand that your voice is heard, at least mm-hmm. with us, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. there's a certain, you know, we're working across the aisle, and I think that you know there's a certain like stigma when it comes to like I'm going to call an office and I'm going to get an automated message. Mm-hmm. We don't do that. We okay. call every single. If you get an automated message, we will, and you leave that message, we will call you back. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I mean, we right post uh, like the Jeff Sessions stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when she and I were really heavy on calling right. local mm-hmm. senators and Congress mm-hmm. folks, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of answering machine messages, and there was a lot of no or a lot back. of busy, yeah. or a lot yeah. of busy tones, right? Or and I mean, understandably so. Like right. it was over the holiday season. I think they were in recess at that particular time, but yeah. it was still a situation where nobody called back, right? You know what I mean? And I think what you need to, and like it really sucks, but you really need to understand is that you have to call people who you don't agree with. Right. You know? yeah. and right. That's, because that's, that's we where the doing. pressure. Yeah. yeah. That's where the pressure. Needs to be. It's nice to leave a thank you for someone who you of do course. agree with, but the pressure really sticks on when you call somebody who you don't agree with, mm-hmm. and then they understand that there's like this high volume of people that they represent, and they don't, and what right. they're doing isn't really, really going with what they believe in. Right. You know. Do you get to travel to D.C. at all? And yeah. And work at the D.C. office? Yeah, we do. Okay. Um, I, I've i been a few times, um, but what I primarily do isn't on the legislation side. So okay. most D.C. offices, we have the largest Senate staff, and one most D.C. offices – they deal with legislation and communication, so mm-hmm. it's like press and ledge. But we here in the state, we deal with people. So yeah. that's like listening to your phone calls. You do a lot of one-on-ones. Yeah, one-on-ones with people who need assistance with different agencies. Okay. Yeah, but most of it, I feel like people just don't understand that when you make that phone call, it matters. And yeah. I think that like wh- that's the number one thing, right? Like with people right now, they're like, what can we do mm-hmm. to make our voice heard? Mm-hmm. What can we do to make a difference? Because so many people feel helpless. They're yeah, like, definitely. where I don't like what's happening. What do I do? Right. right? That's where like do the I number. Start? Where do I right. start? Like there's so much to do. Yeah. I feel like my individual voice is never going to get heard. Mm-hmm. It does matter. Making those phone calls matters. Organizing those protests matters. Or mm-hmm. like 
talking going to town halls yes making your voice heard it really matters and i think that like not only to just the person that you're speaking to but the people that are listening to yeah 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 uh, would you say uh, this whole like schedule your own town hall and invite mm-hmm. your uh, local senator or congressperson to it? Do you feel like that's an effective thing? That's that's something that yeah. we heard pretty frequently going I on. I think right so. Now. I think so. I think yeah. it's more effective when you talk to people that are local to you, mm-hmm. um, not at like a national scale, if that makes sense. But right. if you're reaching out to people that are local, um, I think that that makes a lot of it makes a difference because those people they mm-hmm. don't put you know like basis to names they don't understand that like okay i'm going to support this muslim travel ban Mm -hmm. but let me understand that there's 50 like thousand somalis living in my district and it's affecting their households right so when they see those faces and they see those names i think it leaves a little bit more of a realistic impact right right Mm -hmm. if they can put a face to a Mm -hmm. name they can understand that you know what you live right next door to those people right like these are the people that you were elected to represent and you're seeing that a lot with the gop you're seeing a lot of people Mm -hmm. who wouldn't normally who would normally you know support something so linear like that like oh it's travel ban on muslims like muslims hot button issue right right um but we would they would support it but you're seeing them not do that especially in areas like columbus where there's such a higher like density of refugees Mm -hmm. you're seeing Mm -hmm. them not supporting that because they understand that they have such a high constituency Mm -hmm. you know basically they don't want to like have a bunch of angry people (laughs) for sure i mean i feel like there's a lot of angry people in general right now on both sides (laughs) on both sides sides. yeah Yeah. which is and and so this is something that Brandon and I talked about prior to the election, and we both worked for the Hillary Hillary Clinton campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, After like voting the last, for, for Bernie initially, too. Yeah, we, yeah. we voted for Bernie at the primaries, and then yeah. uh, we worked for the Clinton campaign mm-hmm. here in Columbus the last f- three months before the election. And then right towards the end, we... Brandon's a little bit more of a nihilist than I am. Yeah, and he's like, you know, there's it. always a chance that this might happen and he's going to win, so on and so yeah. forth. And, you know, and he said, which I agree, and I'm, and I'm, we're seeing it now, is that if this guy wins, you're going to see this influx of people that are actually going to start getting involved. Right. And that's true. And, right. and I mean, the first um, two weeks after the election, it was really tough for me to just even mm-hmm. get out of bed. For sure. Um, especially from somebody that comes from, um, a country with a, one of the largest Muslim constituents. The largest. The largest. Yeah. And thinking about, um, my parents not being able mm-hmm. to come here, especially with this travel ban, it hasn't extended to my country yet. Right. But when it does, if, if, and when it does, mm-hmm. that means my parents might not be able to ever right. come and visit here. Really and I might not be able to even go home. They right. hit on and like come every, back. Every, For sure. every mm-hmm. level, like every uh, level, the personal level of that. And then the fact that we were out every weekend for like three months, three right? months or four mm-hmm. months. Uh, so those were all gone. And, <laughs> right. and like, it's like, well, and like, there's, there's all my weekends. And we were told by like literally every source that right. it was going to be yeah. a wrap. It wasn't going right. to be a problem. And Same. Then, yeah. Same. And you're just looking at the TV like. What is happening? Yeah, just progressively gripping whatever (laughs) share you're like slipping down into depression. And you're like, you know, I mean, but that um, I guess it was a good thing because well, it's not, but it's good because you see the people are really wanting to understand this process now, and they want to get involved, and they're like, you know what? Mm -hmm. Then it's time for me to put my feet in the fire because Mm -hmm. if that if that's what happens, then. Mm there needs to be an opposition somehow. So I think, yeah, there's, there was a, that, that I think is a silver lining. And that's the other part of reasons why we brought you here is because mm-hmm. that we, I, well, me, I don't know, me, you might be curious too, but you were saying like, um, people can call in and so on and so forth. But what are, what are other things people can do if they want to be involved in mm-hmm. this process? What yeah. is there? Can they call the office and say, Hey, I want to like, put in some hours or hey I want to help you do a b and c like what does that look like so for me what I would say is that you know everybody's doing their part by you know giving those phone calls Mm -hmm. and people just love when they hear another voice on the end instead of an automated message but then that ends there right like that Mm -hmm. was a two minute phone call you're done and you still feel like you didn't do enough right and I think that's really difficult right it's really difficult to address when you don't really know like what can I do to make my like to just utilize what I have right. to like make some sort of a difference. I think like me in the creative field, I also have to understand that like I'm an artist too. So like when mm-hmm. I work my nine to five, I come home and, and then I'm an artist. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that you have to actually, this is like kind of like my own personal view is that you have Fair. to utilize 
what you have and what your talents are kind of to mm-hmm. take a stand. Okay. So like personal advocacy. So I use art for advocacy, right? So like I'm like my last series of like paintings was in Arabic calligraphy mm-hmm. and Urdu calligraphy and Farsi calligraphy. Mm-hmm. Like those are countries that are were on the Muslim travel ban list. When people see Arabic, like when people hear Arabic on the plane, like I don't know if you saw a couple months ago yeah. on the Delta flight, mm-hmm. like somebody got kicked off the plane off the plane for just talking to their parents right. in Arabic, right? Right. So just using that sort of like imagery as like defiance, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. There was, um, I remember there was this clothing company in Germany that recently released a set of hand, like totes. Mm-hmm. And on the totes in Arabic, it said, this is just simply a message in Arabic to make you afraid on the train. <laughs> right? That's like awesome. That's basically what it, that's, that's what it read. Awesome. Right. And people get scared yeah. because they've been fed this sort of propaganda mm-hmm. the same way that we were in different parts of like history right. from other other ethnic groups right like mm. i've been listening to i'm going on a tangent but i've been listening You're to this fine. podcast, podcast we really love it <laughs> i've been listening to this podcast from former i don't remember what it's called but it's from former white house staffers from the obama the 1600? administration is it keeping it 1600 i think is it pod safe america because it's the pod safe america <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're big fans here. yeah we're big fans pod safe america it's like so great they make me feel happy afterwards i feel like they're this isn't the end afterwards you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so they're basically talking about how, like, in history, there have been different waves of, like, scapegoats where it just, you know, like, whoever's in charge, whether it be Great Britain, America now, like, mm-hmm. has kind of scapegoated a group a group of people, you right. know, like, post the Holocaust, it was Jewish refugees. Right. Nobody was taking them in, right? Right. Like, now, like, we're in a different wave. It was the Japanese internment camps. So now we're on, and, like, I, as horrible and morbid as it sounds, this is history working its course. Right. So now right. we're on Muslims. They're, they are the newest immigrants in America. Mm-hmm. It's from Muslim countries, Indonesia, India, um, Pakistan. Pakistan. Like, those mm-hmm. are all countries where that, they're Muslim majorities, and they're the new immigrants, right? So, like, mm-hmm. they are the new, like, scapegoat. And like, mm-hmm. that's the last wave of immigration in this country. Like, we've mm-hmm. seen immigration from East Asian countries mm-hmm. in, like, the between the 50s and 80s. Before right. that, there was, an, like, a wave of Eastern Europeans. Before that, there was Western Europeans. Mm-hmm. And they have been people have been scapegoated and somebody has to be the boogeyman right so right. this is like the last straw right and they talk about in that podcast how like this is like racism and fascism kind of like gripping it's like last grip before it dies out it made me happy that they said that although yeah. at the same time like when you look at twitter you're like no right. no this is not <laughs> it right now like yeah. i've been banned from twitter right. on the weekend of the travel ban brandon was has yeah. not allowed me to look at twitter because it it's depressing. it's real scary it's real you scary out there take a break though rita like you have to take a break for your mental stability yeah. from yeah. Twitter and yeah. Facebook and your yeah. Facebook feeds because I sit there and I like watch these things and like <laughs> yeah. I start to like I'm like I can't go to sleep because too much is happening and I'm not doing enough. You know? I have definitely been there. Let's yeah. be real. So there's a lot of self care going on in this house. We either like yeah. not look at our phones for a yeah. while. Brandon's a little bit better than I am in terms of like he can separate that stuff in his mind. I just like yeah. internalize yeah, really. everything. Yeah. And I think about it and I'm like, yeah. oh my God, what am I going to do now? What are we going to do? Do we right. have to go? And like, so on and so forth. I so, just have functional numbness. That's all it <laughs> <yeah>. is. But <sighs> back to your original question. <laughs> I think that we can, we can love Pod Save America all over the place on this one because we love them. We love yeah, them just They're so good. Just I just started listening to them. They made yeah. me feel happy. But I think that the best way that you can possibly do is like what you're good at. Like, first of all, number one is like weekends. Use them for self-care, right? Like, mm-hmm. don't don't go on Facebook. Don't read like all this crazy shit that's happening in the world. Like practice self care, right? Mm-hmm. Because you can't go out and save the world on Monday if you're not ready to. If right. You're mentally not there. Right. And I I live by that. Like I can't go in and like listen to like X Y and Z if I'm not ready to. If I'm not like in that like, mentally mind prepared. State, right. right? Mm-hmm. So like you you need to practice self care in that situation. Mm-hmm. But um I think the best way to do go about it is to use your own talents to the maximum of your maximum ability. So okay. I had this past. Um, this past calorie hop, I had an art show at, over at Soul Classics. Shout mm-hmm. out Soul Classics. Woo! <laughs> um, and it was, um, I was doing like a series of like calligraphy paintings. I started doing calligraphy um, about 10 years ago and that's how mm-hmm. um, I became like more introduced into this art world. And, mm-hmm. um, it was an Arabic, Farsi, and Urdu and those were like countries that were um, 
on the travel ban list and I was like what can I do to make this one step like you know like more advocacy art for advocacy that was like my like mindset so I was like let me see if I can actually take all the proceeds from this show and because the show is focused on like language and language from these countries that are on this list that are being subjugated at the moment um and like take it to the next level so i decided to donate all the proceeds from the show to the community refugee immigration services mm-hmm. um and they are an organization locally in columbus that focuses on refugee resettlement and their kind of their funding is based on um how much refugees they intake when there's mm-hmm. a travel ban in place banning all refugees from those selected countries they're not getting any funding right right so like that was like i was like okay let me put you know my money where my mouth is and see where i can what i can do you know and from a monetary aspect Mm -hmm. so i think that if like you know if you're a yoga instructor if you're a songwriter if you're a poet like in this creative field like try to focus your energies on like what you can do to like advocate for yourself through your art yeah Mm. yeah so okay so like you talk you start talking about your art and um Mm -hmm. that that was kind of my next step is that so you said you started calligraphy 10 years mm-hmm. ago. Why calligraphy? Because yeah. I've seen you do other stuff yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. So um, I started doing calligraphy because so I was born and raised a Muslim mm-hmm. um, in a very, very traditional household. Mm-hmm. My family's from Pakistan. Um, and my mom is a very religious person. So I started reading the Quran when I was like six years old. And so like I could read the Quran before I could like do basic multiplication. And Sounds about right in a Muslim household. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. So that's how I started. Um, and I like finished it in four years, read the whole thing. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to do this ever again. Right. Right. <laughs> um, and then when I st- went back to school or when I started college, um, I started studying international relations and I was like, okay, I need a language Minor. I was like, let me like focus on Arabic because that's like a third language that I know. So I grew up in a household where we spoke Urdu. Um, it was the first language. So mm-hmm. I didn't know how to speak English until I was like five or six years old. I remember walking to kindergarten. I was like, I don't know how to communicate with you people. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the majority of my childhood, my parents were like, we moved to. So I was born in Pakistan. Mm-hmm. I came here when I was about like three months old. We moved to. We were living in Detroit. And I think, like, every other year, my dad was like, we're going to go and move back to Pakistan. I'm like, okay. Like, as a two-year-old, like, like who, sure. who cares? Like, okay. Right? So we would go back to Pakistan, and, like, three months in, my dad would be like, nah, we're going back home. <laughs> and he did this three times, okay? Oh, so wow. he took us back there and moved all He was, stuff. like, dedicated. Yeah, he was dedicated. Oh, he was really trying to make it work. Yeah, he was trying to make it work. Yeah. He couldn't. He was couldn't like, no, it. I need to go back to no, America. <laughs> right on. Right? So we came back. Um... So I grew up in this really stri- like like Muslim traditional household, and so mm-hmm. when I started um, at OSU, I was like, "Let me study Arabic because this is something that like this is a third language that I know. I don't know it, I can read it, right? Right. So that's what you focus. That's what you hear from a lot of like people who are from non-Arabic speaking Muslim countries, mm-hmm. like you know, in Southeast Asia, Indonesia, mm-hmm. um, Pakistan." Um, India and like you're from these non-Arabic speaking but Muslim majority countries um, and you are learning to like, read the Quran and you're like I don't know how like I know what I'm I'm reading this but I don't know what it means like why right. am I reading this right right so I decided to take Arabic as my minor my aunt she works in Homeland Security right now um, and she studied Farsi and Arabic and she makes like a shit ton of money now. <laughs> I'm sure she does. I'm just like, yeah, just by knowing that those languages, yeah. I'm like, well, let me learn. Yeah. yeah, right. It's in high demand, right? So I started learning, and it was really, really hard. Rita, let me tell you, it was really hard. I mean, I don't think I could go back and read. Like, I can, I can see the alphabet really yeah. well, but like reading it um it's going to take me a little bit yeah 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 it, it's really hard and so like i came into it with the advantage of like being able to read and write mm-hmm. but i was like okay i can't really understand or speak this right so that's what i wanted to do so um being able to have that initial advantage of being able to read and write it i was like you know this language is so beautiful mm-hmm. like what can i do um the first kind of art that i like ever did was sculpture and pottery so in high school i was like like a lover of ceramics so like i like was in a bunch of competitions and stuff and like wanted to go to Juilliard, got into Juilliard, mm-hmm. and was going to go, and then realized that it was like $90,000. Plus living expenses in New York. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Right? Yeah. So my 18-year-old sheltered ass was like, no. <laughs> so, 
What you got in? Oh, and I got like, in, man. That's the important it's part. It's a story, right? That's yeah, right. it's that's a good story. story. You got it accepted to Juilliard. That's right, pretty for pottery. Expensive. For pottery, out yeah. of all things. <laughs> so I started doing calligraphy because based on my love for religion, like I was like, okay, like this is something that I was raised on. Like this mm-hmm. is something that I really believe in. And, and like, I think Arabic calligraphy is so beautiful. Like it's a language yep. that's just like, it like in itself looks like art when you look at it. Mm-hmm. So I started doing that originally. And then a couple of years ago, like two, three years ago, I moved into illustration. So I was like illustrating people and like mm-hmm. mixing the two. Right. So like mm-hmm. I have a lot of pieces with like calligraphy mixed into illustrations. Mm-hmm. Um, and then recently I went back to just calligraphy and try to discover those roots again. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been like really it's been really fun. It's been really fun mixing the two. I think my main thing is whenever I have an art show or like I produce a new piece of work is to make people who don't normally see those things see those things right so i had this art show in the summer it was called mid midwest maharani which means midwest queen in mm-hmm. urdu and i was focused on doing pieces um of south asian women um around the world i did a lot of bollywood actresses and i and i threw an event with like indian food and like indian music and tried mm-hmm. to expose people who normally like you know like really like my work and like like the cultural like urban or contemporary aspect of it mm-hmm. to those things that were actually my roots yeah. And um, it was it was a really cool mixture, and I, yeah. I'm always trying to expose people to new things. I'm like, well, you know, like I can do something where I can do a bunch of series on Hennessy bottles and watercolor, paint them, and make yeah. them really cool. But I can also do Arabic calligraphy, right, and this right. is like these are two things that using, I really love. Yeah, using it, your influence to to introduce some th- something new to people is mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah, you can do that. Why not mix both? Exactly, you know, like, I mean, exactly. It's always fun to translate something to them and be like, you know, this is from like this is Urdu and this is Farsi and this is Arabic they mm. all look like the same language but they're actually different if you didn't know you right know? right Stuff like that. which I did not know that <laughs> I um, so what so what's next for you so are you going to continue to work in government is do you think that's going to be your future um, mm-hmm. to continue down that path or are you going to like at one point say okay you know what this is cool I did it um, I'm going to go into my art full-time yeah I think that um I definitely, like, through this job, realized that my passions lie in, like, refugee and immigration services. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that encompasses the domestic aspect of, like, what I've been doing thus far, but also my, like, degree, which is in international relations, kind of, like, fusing the two. Right. Um, As an immigrant myself, like, I often tell that to people. I'm like, I'm not from a family of immigrants. I am an immigrant. Mm -hmm. Like, I was born in Pakistan. Um, I think that it's, like that policy is so like critical to like my existence mm-hmm. like i remember like a couple mo- like two years ago i applied for my passport like reapplied for my passport because i lost it mm-hmm. um and when you apply for your passport you have to send them um like two forms of like documentation yeah. um so i sent them um my naturalization certificate mm-hmm. and my social security card um because they also asked for a birth certificate but i couldn't send them my birth certificate because it was in a different language right so i sent them my naturalization certificate and they lost it oh, <laughs> yeah so they lost it right awesome. so like even though i'm documented i wasn't documented for yeah. a year Holy can you believe shit. that they I lost can't even it imagine. i can't imagine like that. that's something that you use like right like let's say if you're trying to lease an apartment or if you're like trying yeah, to renew don't go your to drivers. arizona you know, what I'm saying? <laughs> I know like, right yeah you don't want like that. i don't want to get taken and sent to Mexico on accident. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. And they lost it. The passport agency had lost my naturalization certificate. What? And, like, that's, like, a second form of identification for me, right? Because, like, you can't read my birth certificate. Right, right. It's a different language. So, so, okay, so you had, like, a year without it. Yeah, but, like, thank God I didn't need it, right? Okay. But, like, I didn't need it. I didn't, like, leave the country or anything. Like, I didn't, like, apply for a loan or some shit. Like, I didn't need it. Right. But, um... It's stuff like that where, like, immigration policy is so important, right? Like, when small things like that happen, like, okay, great. Like, you've gone through, like, this huge two-year process, Mm three-year process. Sometimes I go to naturalization ceremonies for my job, and Mm -hmm. I listen to people talk about, like, you know, like, one of the things that they do is a judge asks each of the petitioners to stand up and say where they're from and um, what and what their name is and sometimes these people also add how long it took them to become a citizen i think at one point i had heard 22 years somebody had been living in this country for 22 years and we're not a citizen so we're not reaping the benefits of 
we all take for granted every single day. Yeah. Right? The wild thing is, too, like, half the time those people know the Constitution. Yes. Out, 90% of the people Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, that's so crazy. They had to take that test over and over again. My grandmother had to take that test a couple months ago. And she was, I was studying with her. I was like, these are things that people just don't know, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, those are, like, policies that I'm so passionate about that I feel like people call, like, people have, at, like, somebody, I was talking to some random person person the other day who was really upset that it took him two weeks to buy a gun like to pass the like the background check in some states to purchase a gun Mm -hmm. and he was like i just don't understand it's much easier for refugees to come into this country i'm like do you not understand that you have to go through six background checks and like two physicals before you even like get the opportunity to interview to come into this country if you're from a country that you need refuge from so i mean it's just like basic things like that like people don't know about no and i think that's part of the problem here is that you know, we, as as a society, we've been so indoctrinated by these different things like, oh, you know, it's so you can just get on a plane and get here right. and like so on and so forth. And when really it's not and nobody's talking about that. Mm-hmm. Nobody's yeah. talking about how difficult it is mm-hmm. for people who are leaving war torn countries and trying to find refuge. Mm-hmm. It's not as easy as just like, I'm gonna get on this plane and I'm gonna go. Like, yeah. no, it's not. No. You know, they take absolutely it takes, not. I mean, even um. I was born here, so I have had the the privilege of having mm-hmm. an, a, a United States passport. Mm-hmm. But my parents are not right. citizens, so like my, I remember uh, my mother prior to my father becoming an ambassador, she had to apply for a visa to come yeah. and visit, and she would wait at the embassy for hours right. to like even talk to somebody, right. And that's just to come and visit. That's right. not even like to come and like run away from something, mm-hmm. you know? And that's what makes me angry about mm-hmm. this whole thing. I mean, there's a million reasons why I'm angry, but like one of them is that you don't seem to understand, like you can't just say that this is, um, we're going to block everybody from coming in. Right. Like, that does It doesn't work that way because some of these people literally cannot go back. There's no. nothing there. They're escaping death. Right. Like, like that's, there's, that's it. Like, this is their last resort. They've this gone is their through last... you their... You think that somebody yeah. just wants to leave their entire life? Right. Their country, their language, right. their home? Right. To uproot themselves and come to another place where they're not even welcome? Yeah. Out of their own free will? After, like, being through a process of two, three years of right. going through the The thing about process. these refugees is they don't have two, three years. They're going to yeah. die. Right. They're going to yeah. die. Like, exactly. there's people knocking at their door with a death wish. Like, yeah. like they're gonna die. This isn't it. Like we keep saying never again, and mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Like I'm getting passionate about this, but like mm-hmm. we keep saying never again when we talk about the Holocaust. But what we don't understand is that it's happening again right now. Yeah. Like people, they keep saying no. It's not as bad. It's not as bad. You keep saying that. Oh, if I was there, if I was alive during the Holocaust, mm-hmm. if I was alive during you're World alive War right II, now, I would have done X, Y, and Z. Well, you're alive right now, and what are you doing? Like I right. don't understand. Like right. exactly. So I think. The biggest thing that we, at least Brandon and I are doing is that, you know, we try to contribute to different, like the ACLU, especially like yeah. during that weekend. That's which I think, so important. I think it's so important. I think that a part of the reasons why we started this podcast is that we want to talk to people like you. Yeah. Not only do we want to talk to just people that have started businesses and do all this really great stuff, but like mm-hmm. also people that are making an impact yeah. on a larger scale mm-hmm. with their um with the society around them. You mm-hmm. know, like yeah, we can talk about the women's march in Washington, which is which was awesome, but yeah. that's in Washington. Right. Yes, it was a big deal, but right. what can we do here in Columbus right. to affect that cuz like some action items. Right. You know? What are some action items that we can do here, mm-hmm. especially because the city has a lot of immigrants. For sure. A and lot of immigrants, a lot of refugees. A lot of refugees yeah. and um I'm a firm it's... believer, too, like, in terms of, um, you know, uh, protests are good. Mm-hmm. Uh, reaching out to, um, you know, your congressperson, your Senate person is good as well. Mm-hmm. But the battle is really going to be won in courtrooms. Because right. if you look at historically, like, uh, you know, Brown versus Board, like, mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at women's rights, if you look at uh, black rights in this country, mm-hmm. I mean, all this is done in the courtroom. Right. And unless money is funneled towards like ACLU mm-hmm. right. or other organizations. I know that um, there's a, 
Uh, there's a, a multitude of, or, of organizations we, that we donated to as well. Mm-hmm. I can't even remember off the well, top of my head. Well, we did the NAACP. Mm-hmm. There was yeah. like an entire weekend where I was just like hitting donate, donate, donate. <laughs> you donate. guys have to also understand that like even if it's 20 bucks, even if it's 50 bucks. Oh my bucks, gosh. Yeah. Like you need yeah. to understand that like money is such a motivator. Like it's, it does, th- it gets things done, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like if you feel like you can't be in the streets and you're marching and you're like with a sign and you're like mm-hmm. letting people know this is how you feel, your money is also doing the same thing, right? Right? Like I think your money is almost yeah. like giving, making a bigger impact. For, for sure, lawyers. it's paying for, for those sure. lawyers. It pays for those lawyers, man. Right, and even if it's like if you don't feel like it's enough, it's still enough. Right, you know, like this is what you can do right now, yeah. mm-hmm. and they need it. They mm-hmm. really, we, we saw that they needed it. One hundred percent. There was yeah. forty three lawyers that were in JFK, which mm-hmm. I like just immediately were there. Yeah, like that's to me is exactly. And that's where part of the reasons why that I I have like a bit of hope. Through all of this is like, you know, I think after that weekend, we saw that uh, the ALC, the ACLU raised $24 million in a weekend. Yeah. And that's, they normally raise three to four million in a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it is, th- there are um, bigger forces that will be able to fight this, including us. But, um, you know, the fight isn't over. Like it is going to continue for a while. Yeah. So anyways. Um, I, I did have another question yeah. in terms of, so. Uh, rewinding back to you know you were in high school and, mm-hmm. and you got to the college situation were you always politically active i guess that's the biggest no. question like at what point do you feel like that really came into play was it college yeah it was definitely when i started at ohio state i wasn't normally like in in high school i wasn't i didn't really know what i wanted to do until my senior year of high school when i was applying for colleges and i was like i'd taken a government class i was like this seems interesting. I don't mm-hmm. really know anything about it, but let me see. So I started with international relations at Ohio State. Mm-hmm. You know, I, when you go to like a public like university, mm-hmm. like your first like year and a half is just basically general education requirements, right? Right. right. So um, I took some of those classes. I was like, okay, okay, this makes sense. This is theory. I don't really like theory, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Like you're learning about the way the world works and, and as far as like dynamics of government go right and then my second year um i like was delving more into like the actual um like me of my degree and i realized like okay this theory is great but theory and application and i think i ta- had taken like a model un class and i like loved it i was like mm. okay like this is the application of theory right and that's where i got into like okay let me see what i can do um it locally because like when you're like studying international relations you're like how far can i go i i worked for the columbus international program which is a local nonprofit. okay um that focuses on pairing professionals from around the world with people who do their work in columbus so um i worked for a while with this woman who was a speech and hearing pathologist from india mm-hmm. um and she came through to the united states through the columbus international program and what i did was did was like was connect her with um, different speech and hearing pathologists around Columbus. So, like, I took her to all these meetings where she met people who did exactly what she did. She learned wow. from them, and they learned from her. And it was really cool because, like, she went back to India and, like, talked about her experiences with, like, how the U.S. deers with speech and hearing pathology um, and, like, children who are, like, deaf and blind and, like, can't really, like... Um, communicate and so it was like that was my first like delve into like okay this is like an international scale but it's also local at the same time and I realized that like you know I I always felt like a little bit of guilt when I saw um, like the women's march and like these like protests around yeah because I'm like why am I not there right? right and I felt this sort of guilt and I was like what can I do to like you know also like I'm sitting in the middle of this history and I'm not doing anything and then I realize you know actually I go into work every day yeah this is for sure I'm doing my part through that yeah do you ever think you're go you would run for office no (laughs) (laughs) you say that now (laughs) I don't know people always say that if I did if I did it would be an extremely local level like city council or something I mean that's a start yeah Yeah. more people are needed with that mentality to mm-hmm. actually run because everybody I feel like the people that need to run don't want to yeah they don't want the responsibility not even yes. that they don't want to they just feel like they can't see themselves in that role yeah it's then like who do you see in that role then right you like Minnesota has their first um house representative who's a Somali woman. yes yes Somali and a woman like can you believe that she got sworn in on a bright ass orange Quran and like her outfit <laughs> matched the Quran That's I was awesome. like that is amazing yeah. yeah that is amazing you are the change that 
that you want to see. You mm-hmm. hear that quote from Gandhi all the time, but like you're doing what you wanted to see and you're doing it. And that's just like, I'm like, more people need to do that. And I'm like, okay, maybe I can do it. But I'm like, maybe I can't. <laughs> you'll I, never, every, I guess you'll never know until you try. Yeah, also. I, mean, I know. Everybody plays their role too. I mean, I think, you know, some people think that art is not as important um like uh, it's not as important of a career but i would argue that without art you don't have that then spurring the minds of people then who do those who things think creatively exactly. right because like you you see like this group of people who like you're left brained or right brained right like you yeah. respond to numbers and like stats and mm-hmm. then there's people who respond to imagery and like visualizations right and, um i feel like i'm kind of like in the middle if that makes sense yeah and mm-hmm. i think that it's so important like when you have capacities in both of those realms to like be able to communicate with people who communicate that way and i think that like okay it's translating right it's translating exactly yeah. Yeah. that's a really good word yeah. i think that you know, I did this entire series in Arabic calligraphy, but I was also, like, showing it to people who've never seen that before. And they're like, what does that mean? Why does it look that way? Do I read it from right to left or left to right? Like, well, right. it's like you're teaching a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you're making and, an and impact that these way. These are people that also probably would not be taking a class on that either. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's why it's But so then they cute. saw it through, like, a visual way that appealed to them. Yeah. 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 Definitely. So what's next in terms of your art? Are you doing any more shows upcoming? Because I know you mm-hmm. just did a couple. You, yeah. you did one yesterday for a, a brunch. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you had one at Soul Classics yeah. for Gallery Hop. Any other shows coming up next? So I have to... So what I do is like I work on new pieces. Whenever I show something, I have to have a new series because I feel mm-hmm. like... Um, I just, like, don't want to recycle the same stuff that I've done. So I need to just, like, take some time and, like, work on, like, what my next series is. I need mm-hmm. to find that inspiration. I haven't found it yet. So, okay. like, the second okay. that I found it, find it, I'll be able to, like, go forward and, like, create things. Then I'll have another show. I think shows are so fun. I love, like, connecting with people and, yeah. like, showing my stuff. But also, like, you know, like, having music and food and, like, having good conversations. And, right. Um, I just want to be able to, like, do that with a purpose. Like, everything, like, the past couple of shows that I've had have had a purpose. Right. And, like, I think the one, the last one was, you know, showcasing, like, different languages from people who were affected by this travel ban around the world. Mm-hmm. The one before that was showing people a little bit of my heritage, which mm-hmm. came from South Asia, and showing them, like, you know, these are the women of South Asia, this is what they look like, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, like, I... I've always been a proponent of art for like art for advocacy, mm-hmm. advocacy for art, vice mm-hmm. versa. And I think that like my next one has to kind of like also follow through with that. Right so on. I just need a little bit of inspiration. Just a little bit of inspiration. <laughs> what uh, what normally has inspired you in the past? Yeah, um, I don't know. I think that um, with calligraphy, it's always been like the beauty of the language itself. Okay. Um, I think that. Like when I write something out and I see the way that, that it comes out, I'm just like, okay, this in, this in itself is so beautiful. Let me like go forward with it. Mm-hmm. Um, my last series with um, women from South Asia was based on different Bollywood actresses. Nice. So like I love Bollywood. Um, I love Bollywood music. And I think that like kind of incorporating kind of the contemporary stuff that I do, but also with like an influence of my heritage. Mm. I've been trying to look for like – um influence from my heritage and like my religion and like mm-hmm. pieces of me before i like look outside if that makes sense yeah no yeah. it does cool brandon do you have anything else um no i mean i guess the only thing i would say too would be so when you go home as a mm-hmm. creative too like yeah. so do you do it just like the best way I always look at it is putting up layups. So, yeah. like, do you go home and just do it kind of as a, a mind like you release? Just draw or, or is it like you have to be in a zone to be able to? I to have do to it? be in a zone. And okay. the thing is, like, I don't, I don't know if you guys, like, I don't know if you noticed this, Rita, um, because we like keep in touch on social media a lot. Mm-hmm. I hadn't done anything regarding art in the past six months. Like, mm-hmm. okay. I took a break. Like, I, everything like that I had posted forward, like, because mm-hmm. whenever I like make something, like, I, I'm just like, let me share this with like my social media media community. But like, um, I was taking a, a really big break because I was so busy and just exhausted with like I'm the sure. world, Burned right? Out. Yeah, <laughs> not even my job, but just with the world. But like, I was in, like, <laughs> it can like, be a little exhausting right <laughs> yeah. now. Jesus. Yeah, it much. can. It's Ooh. really hard to be like woke and have a responsibility. You know, like it's really hard That's to like. That's actually really good. <laughs> yeah, it is hard to be woke and have it's, responsibility. Right. It's yeah. really hard to be uh, woke and then like actually wake up in the morning and be like, I have to go to work and be to more literally woke. Literally be woke. 
Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's hard to be woke and then be literally woke in the morning. Ugh. And so I took a break for a really long time. I didn't create anything. And mm. so like I have to be in a space where I'm like, okay, I'm ready to be creatively stimulated and to do something. I need to like I was so depressed. Like I'm sure you were too. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we all were. Yeah. Like post November eighth. Like we were just like in this like it's it feels like it's already been four years has it been four years yeah because i feel like i've aged significantly since november i don't know if you can see this but i have a hella grays like i grade (laughs) crazy like i like i was sitting yesterday and somebody came up to me they were like oh your hair is so shiny oh wait no those are grays you're like thanks thanks so much for pointing those out to me damn i'm going to punch you in the face (laughs) right so that yeah so it was a little stressful but i think that with the new year i was like it's time to get to work it's right. time yeah. to like do what i can do what I, what i know how to do mm-hmm. to make it like go to make some sort of change that's awesome that's yeah that's so awesome so we always ask people who come on the podcast yeah. um the three different advice three pieces of advice you would give to your younger self to my younger self to your younger oh. self so it's like really that far removed right but, because you know, you know i mean but it's always worth or yeah it, um, something better, maybe three pieces of, of advice you would give to somebody who wants to stay woke at yeah. these, at, at this, in, during this period <laughs> yeah. and what they can do. I would like, I would say, take a break. That's it's so, not it's that serious mm-hmm. and don't rush it. That's good. That's a good one. That's good. Short right. and sweet. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. She had those queued up too. She yeah. She's like, I am ready to go. <laughs> Yeah, I, All I, mean, right, well, I, I, I took me like 15 minutes to answer that question when she asked me I started that answering it in my mind and Rita was asking the question I was like ah <laughs> <laughs> well Hafsa thank you so much thank for coming you. and I I can't thank you enough for, for coming over and not only talk about obviously your art but also giving us kind of an insight of mm-hmm. how government works because yeah. you know I uh, prior to last year, mm-hmm. I don't think I've been really involved. Yeah. And um, obviously last year we had started to get involved. And then obviously post-election, it's even like I'm reading so much news that I don't even know how much more I can I can mm-hmm. take in. And then That's it's hard. that it's it's time to get involved. And how how does one do that? And I think it's great to hear it from somebody who is doing it. Yeah. And and it's such a young age, too. Like it's not. You hear, you think of politics and you think of people that are like Mm -hmm. 50 or, you know, like you don't think about, there's all these younger Mm -hmm. people who are like in there doing it every day, taking those phone calls, doing all the work. Mm -hmm. And that's so important. And so thank you so much for being here. For sure. Especially somebody coming from, I just want to say too, somebody coming from that perspective of like, no, I am an immigrant, Mm -hmm. but you're also working within the United States Mm -hmm. government. Like that's so important. Who's not right really now. friendly right now to yeah, for sure. 100%. And I think I, I think just to go off a little bit of a tangent, <laughs> when I um, was interviewing for jobs, I was interviewing a lot of different places in mm-hmm. the government when mm-hmm. I um, graduated from school. And one of the first questions that somebody asked me was, you know, being from a country that is like not that is like facing some like so much subjugation from the United States government that is like you know, like there's war basically going mm-hmm. on on the mm-hmm. battlefield. How do you feel comfortable working for a government that isn't so quote unquote nice to where you're from? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like that's where I had to actually sit there and think about it. Like, am I being a sellout? Am I like right. giving myself up to people who are just literally like not yeah, don't have We're, your best not friendly. Yeah, and I think that you just have to understand that the fact that like I'm a brown Muslim American woman in the government, yeah. which is such a small minority. The fact that I'm like brown but also Muslim but also a woman is like such a minority. You're hitting that, all like, of the check marks. Right? Yeah, you literally yeah. are hitting all the check marks <laughs> right it's now. Also, like making a difference in itself. And yep. if you want to see the system change, you have to be in the system. 100%. That is a great way to end. Absolutely. That. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, Hafsa. Yay! Yay! Thanks again to Hafsa for coming in and chatting with us. That was awesome. Um, And again, if you guys want more information, you can definitely follow her on Half and Half on Instagram. It's at Half and Half. Um, We'll have posts whenever she has like a new art show coming up, which I'm looking forward to. Um, Again, thank you guys so much for continuing to listen to us and supporting us i can't tell you how happy it makes me when i get text messages from my friends that are telling me oh my gosh i start listening to you guys and i really love it it's so great are there 
I had a text message from a good friend of mine in New York, and he's like, I just listened to your boy band episode, and I just want you to tell Brandon that, you know, he's wrong, and Backstreet Boys is better. I Bad mean, choice. Bad I know. choice, Johnny. You know I know it was you. Anyways... But no, that stuff that stuff really means a lot to us. Uh, and again, thank you, thank you, thank you. Also, um, to the person that reviewed us on iTunes and giving us a five star, thank you so much. Um, that makes me feel really good. So yeah. you guys, we are on iTunes and on Stitchers now for those of you that are not on uh, the Apple iOS. Yeah, so if you're listening from your desktop but you'd prefer to listen from your phone, you can now do so on, on your Android. Yes. Yeah, on stitchers.com. Remember to floss. Um, we always love to hear from you guys. So um, if you guys want to email me, it's remember to floss blog at gmail.com. For right now. For right now. I'm fixing the other one. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and also if you're still on Facebook, if you haven't decided that Facebook has a cesspool of crazy people, you can find us there too. It's Which it is. Remember to floss. And. Um, yeah, I'll be posting some some updates and um, also some really fun memes. Because oh, who doesn't love, love good meme. memes? Yeah. Memes are great. Probably and most related to our cats, let's be honest. I mean, I'm determined to make them popular so that we can make some money off Trying these bitches. Ang- the uh, angry cat money? Yes. Grumpy cat. cat Grumpy, Grumpy cat. cat, excuse me. Cole's just fat, though. I mean, I he's mean, kind of angsty, but he's just fat. Fat cat money. Yeah, he's so fat. It's good. Uh, all right, guys. That's all for this week. We are um, definitely coming back later this week with another podcast because this one's going up late. Gonna keep hitting you with podcasts. Yeah, we got some really good ones coming up, you guys. I'm so excited. Um, if you guys have any thoughts about who you want to come and chat with us, if there's some entrepreneur out there that you're like, dude, I totally believe in their product and their service that they're offering. And a lot of good suggestions that we've had too. Yeah, so definitely, you. definitely, you know, email us and let us know or find us on, find us on Facebook and do all that fun stuff. And we yeah. will talk to you guys later this week. Later this week. Bye. Peace out.